Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All access. An inside look at what it takes to operate Iowa's largest entertainment and convention facilities. This is Iowa Event Center All Access. From Iowa everywhere. Everywhere. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome into All Access here on the Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network. We're in the Channel Seed Studios. Matt Van Winkle, Adam Flack, the Marketing Director at the Iowa Event Center, joins me as usual. Adam, how are we doing? We're doing okay. Yeah, it's a heavy day, but uh, overall we're doing okay. Just thinking about everybody in Perry right now. Absolutely. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, man, we got a lot to get to again. I, I always mention it, but you guys are very busy over there. Um, man, we haven't talked since I, I was at uh, WWE Monday Night Raw since we were there. Yeah. Got to catch up with you there. It was a really fun show. Great time right before the holidays. Um, they had the holiday theme there. I think Cody Rhodes even gave away a Christmas tree at the end. That was kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was fun to follow you and Chris uh, throughout the event, you know, like watching the socials and uh, yeah. producing all that great content. And hopefully the winner had a great time getting to meet him uh, was fun as well. But, you know, the event was great. Uh, you know, went through the holiday season yeah. after WWE with some Wolves and Wild games. And, you know, kicking off right now, we're, we're getting into the heat of it right away with uh, some games this weekend and, and Globetrotters on Sunday. So um, WWE was a great event for us. Uh, glad you had a great time. And yeah, and, and now it just keeps going. Did you see The Rock came back last week? Oh my on, gosh, on I did. Rock? I didn't. Was yeah, that, that was expected? Cool. That was pretty cool. I mean, every time you get The Rock back, and that if you smell, that's, yeah, I don't know why that always gets the audience popping. December, <laughs> in December instead of January, but um, you know, having him back involved will pull these old guys like me back into it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, man, we just missed out on him too. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> him and CM Punk. Um, but hey, yeah, like you mentioned, you got uh, the Iowa Wild Friday and Saturday. The Wolves are in full swing. You got to you got to take in a Timberwolves game. I know pretty recently, right, with your son up in the Twin Cities. Yeah, my son's always been a big LeBron fan, and we think we're getting towards the end of being able to go see him live. That we hadn't been able to do that yet. So fortunately, I had the opportunity to go up at the end of December to watch the Lakers Tim- Timberwolves and. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, Chip and the guys over at the Wolves say it all the time. At the Iowa Wolves, they say it that you know the, the NBA's next stars are are here, right in mm-hmm. Iowa. And um, it, you know, it was it's true. You know, we go up there, and and Nas Reed just has a great game against the Lakers, and he got his start down here at the Iowa Wolves, and yeah. seeing him succeed is is awesome. You know, Garza wasn't playing that night; he was inactive, but they're sitting on the bench. Uh, but the Timberwolves have a great team. It's a great arena. They just renovated it recently. So if you have a chance, I'd get up there and see them because uh, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I haven't been to too many NBA games, but uh, the the atmosphere was incredible that night. And, you know, very similar to what you see when you come down to the Iowa Wolves games. Yeah, Minnesota Timberwolves, first place in the Western Conference, 24-9 as we record this. Having a great season, and it all starts right here in Des Moines, doesn't it? 
Yeah, that was the that was the close game that we saw with uh, LeBron hitting that mm-hmm. two pointer that he thought was a three to tie oh. up the game at the end. Yeah, yeah. so we got to see a, a really close yeah. game and, and the Timberwolves win. So it was fun. Nice, cool. We mentioned got the Iowa Wild this weekend, the Wolves, the Harlem Globetrotters coming up Sunday, January seventh. You got the rodeo coming to town on January twelfth and thirteenth. We got a little bit something for everybody, right? Yeah, that's a that's a big weekend for us. So we'll have to see if we can get somebody from the rodeo on next week. But yeah. you know, since World's Toughest Rodeo uh, Friday and Saturday next weekend, um, it, it's really fun for everybody because they've got like the All Access pre-show for kids that go down. It's included with your ticket, so you go down on the dirt and you know do the pony rides and sit on the bull and do all that fun stuff. And then uh, it's it's true rodeo action. You know, when you do a PBR event, it's all bull riding and that's it. But when you come to a rodeo, you get everything from the saddle bronc and, and there still is bull riding and a couple specialty acts as well. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, but it's part of a busy weekend at the Iowa Event Center next weekend. Yeah. What else you guys got coming on? I know you got uh, some gymnastics in town, little uh, non-sports related. The Iowa caucuses are coming. You guys are hosting quite a few media, national uh, media members, right? Yeah, that little thing, the Iowa caucus that, that people <laughs> seem to get pretty excited about. And, and if you've watched TV, I think you know it's coming. But uh, yeah, we host the Media Filing Center. So with partners, uh, with the Greater Des Moines Partnership and, and Catch Des Moines and Polk County, uh, we're able to host uh, quite a few uh, m- members of the media from around the world uh, that kind of use our space to set up. And uh, we have a backdrop set up for them and workspace, and they can kind of have a home base while they're in town covering the caucus. So excited about that. That opens up next week. Uh, but then Chow's Gymnastics that you mentioned has their winter classic, which about 1,200 athletes uh, in Hy-Vee Hall. So at the same time that the rodeo is going on, we've got a little politics, got a little gymnastics, and, and uh, we, we keep moving that weekend. Yeah, that'll be a busy time for you guys over there. A lot of people, a lot of people already in town following the candidates. So, um, yeah, they are, and you know, really that afternoon it's MLK Day, the, yeah. the day they have a caucus on that Monday, and the Wolves have a day game that day as well. So, um, <laughs> if you're off from work or school, you can get down and watch the, the G League while you're, you know, waiting to see who wins the caucus. You guys have another big concert coming up later this month, January 25th. Disturbed, uh, the Take Back Your Life tour. Um, tickets still available at hivytix.com for that one too, Adam. Yeah. Tickets still available for that one. Uh, we've got a great concert lineup, uh, nice. some comedians coming up in 2024. Um, and we think that we'll have some announcements coming up here soon too. You know, a lot, I know we'll talk to Sam about that here later on, but you know, a lot of times, uh, the holidays are a time for people to regroup and kind of get some time away. And then the booking agents get right back out there at, in January and, and we see an influx of bookings coming up for the spring and fall. So we're looking forward to that, but disturbed on January 25th should be a great show. They're at the state fair a couple years ago and, and, uh, we're, we're happy to have them back in Des Moines uh, coming up later this month. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Adam, we have a special guest actually joining us today. I, I think it's our first guest that we've had to bring on to All Access, but uh, Sam Summers is the founder of First Fleet Concerts, promoting musical acts and entertainment throughout the state of Iowa and the Midwest. Sam also owns Woolies and Updown in Des Moines East Village and also runs the Hinterland Music Festival in St. Charles each summer here in Iowa. And in 2021, he purchased the historic Valair Ballroom in West Des Moines with the help of city, state, and federal funding. 
The concert space has undergone, man, extensive repairs, restorations over the past year, over a year. And the Valor Ballroom set to host its first concert in more than a year coming up with uh, Green Sky Bluegrass, February 29th. So we want to bring in a special guest, Sam Summers. How you doing, Sam? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing really well. Good. Um, yeah, we mentioned Valor Ballroom. Um, man, the history of that place. A lot of people that are here in central Iowa really know about Valair Ballroom. Um, I know it has a special meaning for you as well as you got into promoting concerts in the state. Um, just talk about what, why you wanted to kind of give new life to that space. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one, it's it's in my backyard, right? Like I live close to here. Um, you know, my first house was here in Valley Junction. And so I, uh, you know, we, we went to shows, um, you know, growing up here and, um, and, and over the last, you know, say 10, 15 years, it's kind of continued to deteriorate and, you know, it's been harder to get shows in here. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, I think someone needed to breathe some life into it and we jumped up and raised our hand. So, you know, we've, we've been able to, um, get the help from, like you said, you know, state, federal city and, um, you know, in, in many different ways. And so, um, it's, a, it's an exciting project. I didn't think it was ever going to end. Um, but you know, I was just mentioning I'm here at the Valair and I don't hear any power tools in the background. So I think, you know, I, I'm liking our target opening date. Yeah. So. Re replace those hammers and drills with uh, the sound of gu guitars and drums, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So Sam, can you take us through a little bit of what the, the renovation involved? I mean, we knew, we've heard about Valair a long time, especially as it was deteriorating and the neighborhood talking about sound. And, and I know that you, mm -hmm. you put a lot of time and effort into that. So, you know, what's original and what's restored back to original? And then did you do anything new or, or other features to the, to the space when we're going to reopen it? Yeah. So with the historical renovation, um, you know, what, we didn't change a whole lot with the layout, right? So like, you know, people are gonna come in here and they're gonna recognize it. Um, but what they're gonna see is, you know, added amenities. Um, you know, we, we um, you know, the place didn't have, uh, you know, nearly enough restrooms, right? Or um, accessibility and, um, and then, you know, just air conditioning and whatnot, just the, the list goes on forever for what this place needed. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, the general like layout when you come in here, is going to be very familiar for folks. Um, you know, we, uh, one of the, the major changes we did was, uh, add a fly bay. Um, if you drive by Valet right now, you'll see this, this box kind of sticking out of the top of the building. Um, you know, Adam, you know what that is. Um, but you know, other folks may not, you know, if you, if you were to go stand on stage, whether it be, you know, Wells Fargo or, or, uh, you know, Hoyt Sherman, you look straight up in the air, you'll see, you know, trim, you know, you'll see, you'll see up for a bit further. Um, you know, and that's where we, we hang, um, trusts and lighting and all that. Well, this room with the, with its, uh, architecture, it was a, it was basically an A, it was a top like this. And so, which made it difficult to, um, hang, you know, straight truss and, um, or video wall or, or really anything. And so most everything was ground stacked. Um, and you didn't really get the full show from bands if they were willing to even play here. So, um, you know, touring has changed so many, so much over the years in the fifties, that wasn't necessary, right? Like people, you know, amplified music is relatively new. Um, you know, but over the last 20 to 30 years production um has gotten a lot more advanced a lot of these bands are traveling in you know five to ten semis for a show of this size and so we have to have a place to put that 
uh, and a way to hang it all. Uh, and so we put in this fly bay and that's going to allow us to kind of fill our schedule. Um, you know, I was booking shows before and we would, there, there were so many conversations where it was just like, no, even our, you know, our, our, our lowest rig won't fit in there, you know, so we can't play Des Moines. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of opening us up to a, a bunch of more, bunch more shows. So I mentioned too how, how Valair holds a special place to you. That was one of the first venues you booked one of your big shows, right? Was yeah. Fallout, Fallout Boy was it like yeah. almost twenty years ago. That's right. Um, yeah. What do you what do you kind of remember about you know that show and Valair specifically? Just the history in that place and what in these renovations did you guys try and do to kind of keep some of that? Um, what are people going to maybe notice that's different? That's the same. Um, yeah. And just going back to that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's two things I, I, for that show. I remember, um, not knowing what I was doing. So I, <laughs> uh, it, everything probably seemed cool to me because it was all new. Yeah. Uh, you know, that would have been 2005 and, you know, I was a, a junior in college and, um, and it was, I was booking shows bigger than I probably should have been booking at that time. And, and so just kind of following the guidance of, you know, people around me and, and understanding, you know, how to run a show of that size, cause that's a big show. Um, and, and, you know, so, so just, um, I learned a lot at that show. I learned how to write better deals. I, I you know, I, I learned a little bit more about what bands expect at that level. Um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's the whole thing with this business is you, you have to kind of do some of these things to learn, especially as, as you kind of grow up as an independent, you have to, um, uh, just trial and error. Right. So, uh, that was a big learning show for me. Um, we continue to do shows after that here too. And, um, you know, but I would say, you know, as a fan coming to shows here, you know, some things I remember, um, uh, you know, seeing cool shows. Right. So I saw like, um, I saw Black Keys here. I saw The Killers here. I saw Dashboard Confessionals, one of the first shows I saw here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think I went to a dance here and that sort of stuff. But um, it's it's definitely, it was it had its challenges, as we mentioned, um, especially doing a show in the summer in here. It was very hot. Yeah. So a lot of sweat dripping off the ceiling. And, um, you know, I think it was black keys that you know said that they would not play that room again <laughs> so it was, i was it in there was for a show in the summer with bass nectar like a <laughs> like huge uh show. electronic yeah. band yeah, yeah yeah that was, insane. It was around around the time of pretty lights as well yeah 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 uh but yeah they and, and a, you, you mentioned a good one so bass nectar um you know again like <laughs> a band that brings so much gear and bass yes. and <laughs> audio you know they're loading up the place the idea is to like just overpower fans right like that's yeah. kind of a thing um lights and sound um so you know this place has, has definitely bled into the neighborhoods as far as sound goes you know when we were going up and that so that was like you know there, there was no insulation in this roof i mean when we when we took it over we had to solve a few things right i, I mentioned production um uh sound mitigation was like high up if we want to stay a venue and and remain in this neighborhood and invest this sort of money into it then there can't be any question right that that we're going to keep all the sound in so we engaged a um a sound mitigation expert out of um texas here who's done like a bunch of projects with like house of blues and and kind of mitigating the sound between venues and hotels um and put together a plan right that we could quantify um to to lower the decibel level for for outside 
And, um, you know, with that, it's just, you know, it's adding density and insulation and all sorts of stuff. So. You mentioned Fallout Boy being your first show that you booked there at Ballard, first big show. It's 2005, you know, later on this spring, Fallout Boy coming back to Wells Fargo Arena. Can you give us a peek behind the curtain on how does that work, right? So you book the show as an independent promoter in the Ballard. They continue to, to grow, get bigger, they play bigger rooms. Um, are you automatically involved and then putting them into Wells Fargo? Are you a partner with Live Nation on that? Or how does that kind of progression work with the act? Yeah. Yeah. So, so typically, you know, every show is its own show when you're an independent. Right. Um, so, so yeah, we, we had a lot of history with the band Fall Out Boy. We started at um, House of Bricks or no, we started at Vaudeville Muse actually, and then the House of Bricks. And then we did a show at Skate North for them um, and then Valair. Uh, and, you know, we um, I remember after that Valair show um, talking about like, Cause I knew the band and I met with them. I'm like, yeah, I want to put in a Wells Fargo offer, you know? And like, this is after I just said, you know, like I didn't know what I was doing with the Valair offer. Like this <laughs> band is totally aware of like, you know, their value. Now they're playing arenas and they're not going to mess it up. So I, I, you know, naively was like, yeah, I'm going to put this offer in for Wells Fargo. And, you know, cause that's how I've always gotten to the next levels, just kind of just done it. And, yep. and with that, you know, when, when bands get to that level, sometimes they need the support of a, a national tour promoter, um, you know, someone that, that works into the arenas on, on a regular, um, you know, on the regular day and they're, they're having these, you know, their marketing teams are on a national level and they can run these campaigns that are very coordinated that roll out with the rest of the content, you know, um, that the band's releasing. And so, um, it, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, and, and I remember being kind of, you know, upset about that. Cause that was like the first band that like, I, you know, was tight with, like they stayed at my house. And, and so, um, it was almost like, oh man, like it's, you know, are they my friends or like, what's going on here? And, you know, cause that's how it had been that, that up till then it was, I was booking my friends bands or, or bands that I was talking to directly. And, and so when that happened, it kind of hardens you a little bit and you're just like, okay, we'll fight for the next one. And, um, you know, they, they gave me a lot opportunity, um, through the years, like meeting different agents. Cause when I, when I first started booking their shows, they, you know, it was Pete booking his own shows directly. And so when they got an agent, I booked through that agent and then, you know, they took out bands that were at other agencies and it all just kind of spreads. And so, um, yeah, definitely. Um, it was, that was kind of the launch of, of first fleet. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, but, you know, talking about the show at Wells Fargo, you know, what, what is, really awesome and um you know uh kind of ironic is that like you know over the last year we've we've um you know put together like a, a partnership with live nation to start working on shows in the marketplace and you know that yeah like you mentioned they're they are the ones bringing uh follow-up boy in april uh it's april right yep yeah and um and so you know with our partnership with them in the market, you know, um, not only will we have opportunity to book into their rooms, um, we'll also be helping um, on on marketing and 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 sometimes running shows, right, at the arena level, and then obviously everything underneath and anywhere mm -hmm. they work around the the state. So it's a it's a cool opportunity, and it's it's kind of fun how it comes full circle, and you know, um, that'll be a really fun night. So they may not be staying at your house this time when they come into town, but <laughs> uh... so, I got to get out. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned Live Nation, you know, they uh, just opened back in November, the vibrant music hall out in Waukee. Yep. Um, I got a chance to take in a show there. Really cool space. Um, what does, what does uh, kind of 
bringing new life back to Valair Ballroom do for the music scene? Do you think here? I mean, it's it is a unique setting in the in the sense that it is a, it is a historic space. You know, we you know, have a few of those around the state, specifically here in Des Moines, but. The size of that is a unique space. What I don't know what the capacity is now, Sam, with the renovations. But um, what does what does bringing this this event space back to the community mean to you and to this community? Yeah. So um, one, I think it's like it's just going to be so many more shows. Like my my office is super busy right now with with just the, the amount of volume coming through. Mm-hmm. Right. We're having to make some adjustments with the amount of shows that we're just going to start pouring out because like. Valair, we've been announcing a bunch, but we also have a new venue over in Davenport that we've been putting stuff into. Um, And then with this partnership at at Vibrant, it's just a lot more volume. And so for the customer, you know, it's just gonna be more options, right? And, you know, Wells Fargo really, you know, filled a a good hole here when they opened, you know, in 2006 or whatever. And so, um, you know, they'll, they'll, um, you know, the bands, they typically start out in the small clubs, right? So like you got your, your XBK, um, you know, lefties and, you know, and then into your Woolies and, and then your Hoyt Shermans and Ballers and Vibrants. And then, you know, the hope for every band is to get to the arenas. Right. Um, and then, you know, the, the cream of the crop get to the stadiums and in Iowa, that's like one every 15 years. And so, um, you know, the, the arenas play a, a port an important part on the way up. And then we're also there, you know, I think some bands step back down from arenas, right. Especially legacy artists. And then they'll go and they'll play rooms like, um, you know, renovated, uh, uh, Valair or vibrant. And as you can imagine, bands that have tasted arenas, um, are going to have high standards when it comes to, uh, <laughs> the, the mid-sized clubs, if they do in fact keep going down. So, yeah. um, we, it's important to make these rooms like the best, um, you know, these, these vibrant and Valair, um, so that, you know, the bands have a good place, um, to play, you know, when they can't play the arena. Well, and you've told me too, in the past too, that bands will book bases like Ballard because of the history, right? They want oh, yeah. to play in a, in a place that, you know, the yeah. beach, the beach boys have played in yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually working on something right now for February, just to try to put together like a soft opening grand opening thing um and you know that's what i mean i'm just using the story right like to to, mm-hmm. to put together something cool like yeah you know you tell them a little bit about, about the history right like you know obviously um frank sinatra and you know uh duke ellington beach boys first show out of california our first tour um and then you know it was like the second show that um the, the winter dance party picked up um after you know the crash right mm-hmm. um surf ballroom crash and and I didn't realize this, but I was reading the other day, like Waylon Jennings, like took over lead. Right. Which mm-hmm. is interesting. I didn't know how those bands were all connected, but, yeah. um, you know, so, so Waylon actually took over lead for buddy, buddy what, what would have been buddy Holly here. So, so talking about that history, you know, one thing when we went through the renovation of Vets auditorium and turn into a convention center, we were able to find a lot of historic photos and old ticket stubs and things to create some nice artwork pieces out in that lobby. Um, yep. When you purchased Valor, were you able to capture any of that kind of historical information and, and how are you planning on using that throughout the spaces uh, when you reopen? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, Valor, you know, the, the Archer family was the original uh, Tom Archer is who started um, Valair Ballroom back in the 30s. Um, and, you know, he he 
he so so how touring used to be is there'd be like these like circuits and so he had a ballroom circuit in the midwest um he had six ballrooms one here one downtown des moines that's no longer there um and he, so what he would do is he'd have one in in the city and then one in the country and back in the day this was the country this was white pole road you know ashworth and um, so this is, a, it was an open air thing. And then people, it was on the, tr- uh, on the rail line. And so people could get out here. Um, and, uh, and then he would run these, these bands, um, around to all these different places. And, you know, back then it was more about dancing and, you know, kind of a party and whatnot. Um, and now it's, you know, and, and it wasn't until like, I think fifties that it became kind of like in stage, like people rocking out, um, with that. So his, his daughter, um, is still alive. Um, and she lives in Miami. She, but she owns the house next door, um, to this, which he built as like his bachelor pad to like host the artists. Um, and she's just turned that into like, you know, storage or a museum of sorts of his things. And so, um, she's come back a few times and, um, gone through that stuff with me and I've been able to get a lot of pictures. She's coming back this month and we're going to start getting some, you know, actual hard items. And, and, um, we plan to put those and use those around. Um, it has everything from contracts to photos and, um, you know, postcards that custom postcards he made. And, um, he was really good friends with Lawrence Welk. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and so like, there's a lot of photos of, you know, Lawrence Welk here and, um, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to kind of go through and learn a lot, you know, about the, yeah. history of the place and, you know, the people that played here, obviously I don't, I don't know a lot about those bands. Um, and so just to kind of read up on them, um, it, as far as like finding things in the, in the venue, um, there's, there's a, a an old Strauss safe, um, that we, could not get out of here. Um, we tried every way we could. And it's like, it's like a, I mean, it's like I don't, way old, um, and weighs a zillion pounds. So that's still here. Um, and then, uh, and then we've got, uh, I found two posters from the, um, grand reopening of Valair in 1950 something. So those are pretty sweet. Um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely archive one of those and display another. And, um, yeah, those were just in a crawl space. So, so we mentioned uh, February 29th is that first concert, Green Sky Bluegrass coming. What are you most looking forward to about that? I know there's been a lot of probably blood, sweat, and tears put into that place, yeah. but is it going to be just a relief? Are you excited uh, to get this all squared away? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll probably, like, I feel like whenever I open a new place, I'm just, like, behind the bar, bar backing or something, just so I can, like, hide and take it all in. Sure. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I, I will be here for every show for like the first couple months. Like I said, this is very close to where I live. I can walk here. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so yeah, I just, I, you know, seeing people come in, I think we booked a diverse lineup for our first, um, you know, month seeing, and, and we're adding to it. And so just seeing people come in, so, uh, just see the place again and hopefully they, you know, can give it another chance and change their one stars to fives so (laughs) 
Sure, it's been a it's been over a year of construction going into that place. People that drive by will just see the progress, and I know the, the kind of the iconic uh, sign out front, right? Have, yeah. have you guys done anything to the exterior to to give it a facelift too? Or yeah, yeah. So you know, with a historical project, it's a, it's a, it's about using the the you know the, the fabrics that existed, right, mm-hmm. or what what the place was made out of, and so you know this place was was a CMU building. Um, so we took it back to CMU and, and then, you know, the neons hadn't been on for our, our manager here has, we, we brought the manager that was here before. And he said, those neons haven't been on for like, as long as he knows he's been here 20 some years. So we got those serviced, um, and those are running, uh, and you know, just, yeah, it's crazy. Everything's working. So cool. I'm, I'm sure there are quite a few people too, that, you, you probably want to shout out and thank that made this possible. I know there was a lot of, um, like you mentioned, work through the city, the state, uh, yeah. a lot of funding that yeah. went into this. Well, who made this possible, Sam? Um, well, first and foremost, uh, it would be uh, the state historical. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- th- this project wouldn't happen without that. Um, but, but, you know, the city is close behind um with that you know and their their tiff agreement um and then you know the destination iowa is a is their federal funds but delegated by the state and so all of those things are the only reason this happened um and then there's a million people after that but like mm-hmm. you, you know the a, a project like this where we're going in and shaking it and taking everything off of it and then putting everything on again is could be more expensive than a fresh build um, and and likely was close. And you can't do those sort of projects without the help of the state and so what and, and federal government. And so like why that's why those programs were important because like if if that didn't happen and I and I didn't come along and then use that, then this would have been, you know, another whatever it would have been. I don't know, tear it down. So yeah. Cool. So those are the those are the first. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get past those. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you don't have any uh, of the neighbors coming to complain about the sound. Hopefully you got that figured out. <laughs> you know, that that isn't even an option on my mind. So, <laughs> like, I, I, it just, it can't. Like, we've put so much. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that won't be a problem. Well, it's, it's one of those things, too, we talked about with, like, the, with Vibrant opening, right? They had they basically got to build it from the ground up, right? From scratch. Well, you're taking this whole historic, it's compl- like a complete opposite of that, right? You're, you're going into a space that's been around for almost a hundred years and um, hopefully making it last for another hundred years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the idea is like now, like this place should be able to be open forever, um, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, at least as long as it's been open. Right. So um, yeah, that's, that is exciting. So it's good for the, for the neighborhood. So now if we could just kind of connect all the, you know, West Des Moines and Des Moines and get everybody, you know, sinking, it'd be great. One thing too, that I remember you telling me about that really you wanted to make sure stayed was the stage, right? The historic yeah. stage. Yep. You guys were able to preserve that and. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, high priority, right? Like, uh, that is one of the items they identified as historically significant. And so, um, you know, that's all, um, uh, ready to go. And, you know, we will probably do some events on there, um, for our opening. Um, and then it works really nice for, you know, some comedy, um, fully seated comedy stuff, like in a, 
Um, you know, I mean, that's where they used to play. It's just like now you can't because it's so short. You can't stack stuff and whatnot. But comedy and, um, you know, uh, weddings, quinceaneras and uh, all that sort of stuff is going to work great on there. You mentioned comedy and, and, you know, we've seen an influx of comedy hitting big arenas. I mean, I don't know what you're what you're seeing, but do you think that that's going to be a trend that continues, you know, in the booking world that more and more comedians are going to get out and and do bigger places than a funny bone and, and try to really grow their audience through touring? Yeah, it seems like it. it seems like everybody my age listens to comedy and not music. Right. <laughs> so, or, or like comedy podcasts, a lot of these comedians have these podcasts and whatnot. I mean, like, look at Tom Segura, right? Like I saw him at funny bone. Um, I don't know how many years ago, but he's moved up through, I think he played Hoyt. Um, I yep. think he played civic center and now he's at the arena. So, um, it's just, they're just blowing up quick. And then you got some others that are on track to do that. Um, who's that like Daniel Tosh college type, comedian right now that's blowing up oh the guy that just oh, played right. Stevens, not right, not right. Yeah. yeah yeah that'll that's that'll be all arenas right like eventually yeah. it's just this stuff is just blowing up so quick so and i just think that's like fast media you know youtube um netflix all that um it's accessible people are seeing it so yeah. from a setup that's sure a lot easier than some of the other musical acts <laughs> yeah <laughs> just... someone's like cheating you know we don't yeah. have to do much for these comedy shows um, I mean, I remember doing a Patton Oswald show at Hoyt and just, I didn't need anybody, anybody to help. Right. I went and picked him up from the airport, drove him there, drove him to his hotel, picked him up at his hotel, took him to Hoyt. No one with him. No, you know, we settled the next day and he's, you know, he's all he needs is a stool, two waters and a microphone. <laughs> right. You know? And yeah. he's, you know, he doesn't, he's not hanging out there. He's going back to the hotel and they're just so easy. You know, we've seen that, you know, podcasts are also, um, I don't know if you've had any of those um, at the arena yet, but we've done a few of those um, in the clubs um, and those are kind of fun too. So that's our next, that's our next stop, Adam. We got to do all yeah, access live from Bell Air Ball. Just build <laughs> I'm trying to, so there's this, there's this pod. Um, I didn't realize this, but the, the, um, the, one of the owners of Lachelle's, um, mm-hmm. uh, runs a pod called wine and crime. Hmm. Um, and yeah. I guess it's, it's massive and it tours, but it hasn't played Des Moines. So I'm trying to convince them to play here. So okay. I'm yeah. writing that down. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Check that out. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, firstfleetconcerts.com. I know you can uh, get a full list of the, the shows coming to Valair ballroom, all the concerts coming to Woolies, uh, all of your spaces, Sam, um, anything else you want to mention before we let you go? No, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in hinterland mode right now. Yeah. We're, just, we're hoping to announce soon. Ooh. We're kind of waiting. We've got a couple artists that are playing Coachella and we have to okay. wait for Coachella to announce and there you go. Coachella <laughs> decides yeah. what they want to announce. So yeah. those come out typically, uh, late winter, early spring. Yeah. You, you know, about this time, you know, um, any okay. time between now and February, okay. um, we just, yeah following the lead of Coachella. So as soon as anybody sees Coachella's lineup, then Hinterland will be very soon after. Cool. Well, hey, well, congrats, awesome. to, congrats on the opening and man, wish you the thanks. best of luck with everything. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, for that. I, we really appreciate you having coming on, Sam. I mean, this is kind of the vision for what we want this to be is really talking about, you know, all the venues and promoters and, and things with live music and live events in Iowa. So uh, thanks for taking the time to come on and, and, tell us more about Air and everything that first fleet's doing and always appreciate working with you and your team yeah hopefully you'll have me back and we can chat about how Air is going yeah let's do it thanks sam cool. appreciate it yeah, thanks. Take care. cool he's sam summers uh, that was awesome he's a 
obviously a big influence, an influential person in the music scene here in Des Moines and in Iowa. Man, he, it's cool. I got to interview him a couple of years ago. He he got a start as a student at Iowa State, yeah. uh, running First Fleet. So man, he's come a long way, and it's cool to see uh, what he's doing here in the Des Moines and the Midwest, really. Yeah, I think it's tough to talk about live entertainment in Des Moines or Central Iowa without talking about Sam, you know, from booking, uh, like you said, when he was in college to what he's done and grown his business to now. You know, we've got other venues throughout the state uh, in Omaha that I know he's booked business in as well. And, you know, just to see that progression and for him to take the chance on on Val Air and, and everything he's done, it's it's a it's a tremendous story to, to hear about and, and you want more people to, to get into this kind of business and, and grow it. So, um, Sam's a great guy to have on for sure. Well, man, uh, I know you guys have a busy spring coming up too, as you mentioned, some, some, hopefully some shows coming and announcing soon, uh, iowaeventcenter.com, hyvetix.com. If you want to get a full list of shows coming here to Des Moines, Wells Fargo arena, uh, Adam, appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time, Matt. And, and yeah. again, we, we uh, send out our prayers to everybody in Perry. A uh, really tough day and, and uh, you know, thinking about you all there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure to subscribe and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time on All Access. Iowa everywhere.